You're listening to the Up In Your Business Podcast, Episode 028. On this show, we're going to talk to Brian Tracy about an amazing amount of personal development content to help you with your career and to help you with your life. Grab your moleskin, your notebook, or your laptop. You're going to want to take notes on this one. It's a good one. And then the best question of all is, what do I really, really, really want to do with my life? What do I want to be? What do I want to have? What difference do I want to make? Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, and I am ecstatic to have you here today. If this is your first time stopping by, you picked a good one, uh, really happy you're here. Today, we're going to jump right into the show because I believe there's a lot of great content. You're probably going to want to uh, hit pause a number of times to jot down the amount of copious notes you're going to require because uh, this is full, chocked full of really, really good stuff. Today, we're talking with... Someone who his contemporaries would include John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, and Tony Robbins. He has been around for quite a while, written over 50 books. His name is Brian Tracy, and he's one of uh, America's leading authorities on enhancement of personal effectiveness. He also talks about the development of human potential and the art of salesmanship. Uh, he's an amazing speaker. Um, an amazing marketer and salesperson. You're really going to get a lot of great content out of this. So I'm super excited for you to get to listen. So let's go to it right now. Enjoy the show. Well, hi, Brian. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast. How are you today? I'm just great. Thank you very much, Angus. Well, it is such a fantastic treat to have you on the show. I feel as if your entire career is just the culmination of so much of what I try to communicate on the show and getting into that emotional and psychological principles behind success. Well, thank you. I spent my whole life on this subject. You've you know, written and co-written about 50-some-odd books. You've spoken in front of about 5 million people and taught some of the most successful people in the world, yet you came some, from some very humble beginnings. Can you take a few moments and go back to your uh, Canadian background and growing up, and what was the dramatic shift to your own beliefs and attitudes that propelled you to rise to top sales position and beyond? Well, my parents grew up in the Depression, and that shaped people. If not, it scarred them for life. So they always had an obsession with being poor and running out of money. Uh, my father immigrated to Canada from England and worked as a farm laborer and then actually worked his way up and became an assistant professor at the University of Toronto in sculpture. And my mother became a nurse, but they were never successful. They still had this poverty mentality. They said, it costs too much. We, we can't afford it. Everything is too expensive. You know, and it's very interesting. If you shift forward, you find that rich people have a different mentality than poor people. Rich people uh, look for opportunities to create value everywhere. Poor people just think about how much everything costs and are preoccupied with security. It's a totally different mentality. So that's one of the things we cover in the book. 
is all the different ways that rich people think that are different from poor people. Anyway, so we grew up. My father was not always regularly employed. Neither was my mother. Uh, I didn't graduate from high school. I uh, left high school and got a job washing dishes. Now, here's a critical thing I was told, and this happens to everybody, that if you don't get good grades at school, you won't do well at life. If you don't go to college, you will never be a big success. And I bought it. Well, hook, line, and sinker. When, when people are young, they are fed a lot of ideas. Uh, and so they just accept them because they have no barriers, if you like. They have no way to block out these ideas. And many people's entire lives are shaped by uh, negative inputs that they've had early in life, usually from their parents, but often from teachers, siblings, friends, and so on. And one of the things that you and I have found is that everything is beliefs, mm. is that uh, our outer world is a reflection of our beliefs on the inside. If you want to change your outer world, you have to change your beliefs. And most, the most important belief that you can adopt is that you have the ability to be very successful. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple belief, and yet it's the difference between successful people and failures. And if I can just kind of ask for you personally, what was that critical time that you had that revelation? Like, what was that moment? Well, in business, just go back and then go forward. The number one reason for business success is high sales. The number one reason for business problems is low sales. And everything else is commentary. And all the universities and all the thousands of books and articles on strategy and planning and marketing all come down to a simple point is do you have high sales or low sales? So I got my, when I couldn't find a laboring job, I got into sales and I had no um, sales training. Uh, And 70% of people in business have no sales training. 70% of salespeople have never been trained. Uh, The people who hire them were never trained. So they think, well, selling is something you do. You know, I drive in a car, you just take some stuff and you go out and talk to people and they buy it. Mm -hmm. And so you find that 80% of companies teeter on the verge of insolvency all the time. They never get ahead. 80% of business owners uh, could actually earn more money working for wages than running their own business. And if they ever stop running their own business, they stop. It's like a car that runs out of gas. It just stops mm-hmm. by the side of the road. It doesn't even go on. If they stop running their business for a week or two, it dies out from underneath it. So anyway, so I got into sales. And for six months, I just knocked on doors. And I was told, we just knock on more doors. But if you knock on more doors and you still, still, still say the same useless things, then what you do is you just fail twice as often. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. And so I just knocked on doors. And one day, the turning point in my life, and leads us right to the answer to your question, is I went to the top salesman in our company, a guy named Pete. And I said, Pete, what are you doing differently from me? How come you're making? And he was, he was selling 10 times as much as anybody else. And he wasn't even working at it. I get up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. And I'd go out and I'd, work, I'd be waiting for people when they came to work at 8 o'clock. I'd knock on office doors all day long. And in the evenings, I'd go out and knock on apartment and home doors, just selling my little product. And sometimes I'd work for 12 hours and not sell one product. Mm-hmm. My first, I'd work for 31 days before I made my first major sale. And my first major sale paid me a commission of $50. And I mean, and I just, because I had no training. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, what are you doing differently from me? And he said, well, show me your sales process and I'll critique it for you. I still remember this. And I said, well, I don't have a sales process. He said, I said, what, what do you use? He said, well, I'll show you. And he sat down with me with a, with a pad of paper and a pen. He said, here's the process. And he just showed me that you don't talk. You ask questions. You ask questions to make sure that this is a genuine prospect. 
You ask questions to establish rapport and trust. So they like you. You ask questions to understand their needs and their situation and what they're doing. And then you show them that your product or service is the best choice for them, all things considered. You answer their objections. You close the sale. And then you get resales and referrals. It's sort of a seven-part process, which I've developed over the years. And I go out and I teach this all over the world, seven steps, just like seven steps to a telephone number. Human beings are designed so that seven is the ideal number to memorize. That's why all telephone numbers are seven mm. plus, an area, plus an area code. And I went out and I began to practice this and I began to read. I had no idea that there were books on the subject. I'm astonished when I see salespeople who don't read. And then I began to listen to audio programs. I had no idea there were audio programs recorded by the most successful people in the world. And I began to listen to them all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I began to go to seminars. Within one year, my sales had gone up 10 times. I went from basically walking the streets with holes in my shoes, one set of clothes, living in a boarding house on a single room. I went from, from that, from rags to non-rags, I say. And then I began to recruit people and say, look, this is how you sell. Mm -hmm. And they'd never sold before. And within a few months, they were earning more money than they'd ever earned in their life. Now I've trained more than 2 million salespeople around the world in these processes. And they say, come back to me and say, you changed my life. You made me rich. You changed my life. You made me rich. So in business, it comes back to the same thing. Is that successful business people do the same things over and over, and unsuccessful people don't. And that's why you have serial entrepreneurs, Angus. Mm -hmm. They start a business in this field, and they make it successful. They sell it or turn it over to managers, and then start another business in another field, and then make that successful. Most people in their whole lives cannot make one business successful, and yet some people can do it repeatedly. Why? It's because you're simply following a logical process like uh, a combination lock. Mm. We haven't even gotten into the book yet. I'm already like taking notes. This is fantastic. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's do that. Let's jump in. Your newest book, Get Smart, How to Think and Act Like the Most Successful and Highest Paid People in Every Field. I think you have teased this up fantastically. And I ran through this book over this last week. And uh, I think you, you laid some groundwork um, how to easily reconfigure uh, negative thinking patterns and habits and basically how to reprogram our brain to achieve its maximum potential, right? So yes. as such, uh, one of the first discoveries that I was reading, you talk about the act of thinking long-term sharpens your perspective and dramatically improves the quality of your short-term decision-making and the, the quote you said, because you become what you think about. And I always say that what you hear about, you think about, you think about, you talk about, and what you talk about, you ultimately bring about. And so I, that's why I was kind of drawn like a magnet to this. Can you please expound on the difference between short-term and long-term thinking and why this is such a critical component to success? Well, it's, it's interesting. I just Before I spoke to you, I just read an, a newsletter online, and this guy was very successful. It says, the most the secret to my success, the greatest revelation of my life, took me from 12 hours a day earning peanuts to being financially independent. He said was when I sat down with a coach, and the coach said, where do you want to be in five years? Now, I've been teaching that for 30 years. Just where do you want to be in five years if you could wave a magic wand? And he said he'd never thought about long-term goals. Mm -hmm. And once he began thinking about long-term goals, his whole life transformed. And so what Richard, Dr. Um, Banfield found at Edward Banfield at the University of Chicago, I'm um, sorry, University of Harvard, what he found was that successful people in every society think long-term. 
they project forward five years and they say, where would I like to be five years from now? And then we call this back from the future thinking. And then they come back to where they are today and they use what I call the, the, the chemical question, WWH2H. What would have to happen for me to go from where I am today to where I want to be in five years? And then you simply make a list of things. Well, I would need to do more of this and less of this. I need to start doing this and stop doing that. I need to upgrade my skills in this area. For example, all business success is based on good marketing. That means that you design a product or service that people want and need and can use and can pay for, and it's better than anything else in the same field, and then you aggressively tell people about it so that you have a steady stream of people who say, I want that, I want that, I want that. Mm-hmm. That's the essence of, of successful business. So I say to business people, how many books on marketing have you read? None. How many courses on marketing have you read? None. So how do you expect to be an excellent marketer? I mean, if the marketing is the heartbeat of your business, then how do you expect to be an excellent marketer? Oh, um, instinct, um, intuition, uh, right, right. experience. I said, you know, I was talking, doing an interview yesterday, and we were talking about Zig. Ziegler used to say that salespeople without training have skinny kids. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it's the same thing as, is business owners who are not really excellent at marketing and sales, which are two different things, yeah. have skinny kids. And, mm-hmm. they, and, they, and they worry all the time about money. They wake up and they just worry all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're good at marketing, I made a decision when I started my career that within seven years, I would never have to do outbound marketing again because my reputation would be so high that business would just simply flow to me from re- resales and referrals. Within seven years, I never marketed again. I market, but I market in a different way. The very best marketing, by the way, is to offer an excellent product and serve it to your customers really, really well. Mm-hmm. There's, there's 50 years of research in Harvard on this. It's called, it's called um, um, the, the PIM studies, Profit uh, Implications of Marketing Strategies. And what they have found over and over again is the companies that are ranked as the highest quality providers to their particular customers, their customer segment, are always the highest profit companies in every industry. And so they, uh, Inc. Magazine did a study last year that they, they do every year, the Inc. 500, the 500 fastest growing small and medium-sized companies, and they talk and they analyze it. And here's what they came up with. They said, if you had uh, a sum of money and you could use it to improve your business, sales, marketing, everything else, what would be the best place to spend it? And you know what they came back? from the owners of the most successful, fastest-growing company. The fastest-growing company in that study grew 42,000% in three years, mm-hmm. 4,200 times in three years with a simple product. And they said the number one place to invest it is back into improving the quality of the product, mm-hmm. not gimmicks and giveaways and discounts and bonuses and smart-ass uh, sales uh, ideas and so on. Mm-hmm. It's just make your product really good. Mm-hmm. Make it so good that people say, damn, this is a good product, and I tell all the friends. Right, right. Here's a, here's a great example, Angus. I, I, I look at this poor guy that came over from Turkey, and he couldn't find good yogurt. The yogurt was kind of milky, Danon yogurt, and so on. And in Turkey, they eat Greek yogurt. And so he decided he would start making up Greek yogurt in his basement. Not a difficult process. And he called it you know, Chilbani. Are you familiar with this? No, absolutely. Yeah, and he started to make this yogurt and sell it to little stores in the neighborhood, 
and the stuff started to sell like hotcakes. Before the dust had settled, he had bought a closed-down yogurt factory in upstate New York and began producing huge quantities. Today, he is a billionaire, mm. and he dominates. Shilbani yogurt dominates the world of yogurt. I had some this morning. Mm. Uh, we, don't even eat, we don't even consider consuming anything else, and it costs twice as much as anything else. And we and pay it, right? Lot. And we pay it, and, we, and, we're, and we're, we're mad if they're out. Yeah. of our favorite flavors so they don't so we can't pay twice as much <laughs> yep. you know and, and why is this because his whole focus is on the quality of the product yeah and, and and if i could only say one thing if i could run on the stage and say to business owners one thing to be successful focus on the quality make mm-hmm. your product really really excellent quality and i want to dive in the more practicals for the people who are are listening and getting from the vision of that product, uh, you know, that five-year vision to what are the goals that get them from where they are to where they want to be. I remember one of the quotes from the book said something along the lines of, we uh, overestimate what we are capable of doing in one year and we underestimate what we're capable of doing in five years. So in, in stating in the book that you said that, that you have goals that only 3% of people really actually have clear, specific written goals that they write each day. What are the yeah. keys to creating the right goals? Well, I, you know, I study spiritual readings and writings all the time. And there's this really interesting concept is how do you determine what you want in life? Well, you ask three questions. You ask the first question is what do I really want to do with my life? What do I really want to accomplish? This is the great question. And most people don't have an answer for it. Or if they do, the answer is vague. And once you have that answer, which is a real effort, then you ask, what do I really, really want to do with my life? And that forces you to think at an even deeper level. And then the best question of all is, what do I really, really, really want to do with my life? What do I want to be? What do I want to have? What difference do I want to make? So it's when you ask yourself really hard questions. Um, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, one of the best-selling business books of all time, says that the one of the seven characteristics of top businesses is they ask themselves the brutal questions. They ask themselves really hard questions. And the hardest question that he talks about is, why isn't your business already a great business? Mm-hmm. Why isn't your income already twice as great? Why, why, isn't, why aren't your products selling like uh, uh, off the shelves? Why not? That's the most brutal question of all. And you know what the answer is? If the answer is, is people don't want it. The number one reason why businesses are struggling is people don't want their product. Mm. And no matter how you advertise or blah, 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 or, or, or nothing's going to change that. So that, therefore, you have to offer a product that people really want, and then it has to be really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the goal. My goal is to build a really successful business. How do I do that? Is I offer a product that people really want, that is the best or almost the best. It has to be in the top 10% of similar products offered in the market today. Mm-hmm. And that you just work on that day and night. And your best companies, best entrepreneurs work on that day and night, improve the quality, improve the quality, continuous and never ending improvement. We call it canine, C-A-N-E-I, continuous and never ending improvement every day, every day. How can I make it better? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, your competitors will, and they will eat you alive. So, Let's take a look at uh, another element of, of what's in your book. Uh, you talk about the power of happiness. 
And you yes. said that children are born with two wonderful characteristics, fearlessness and spontaneity. And I think that's absolutely spot on. Can you please share yeah. how these two beautiful characteristics become challenged in life and what we can do about it? Well, this is a great question. It had an enormous impact on me because I studied and learned these principles before my first child was born. And I see most problems in adult life, if not all, are caused by mistakes that parents make when children are in the formative years. Wherever you see uh, a dysfunctional adult, you see a dysfunctional childhood. Mm. And the problem is that parents were never taught these things. And so if you're not, your natural tendency to do, be to do to your children what your parents did to you. My parents were critical and demanding and unresponsive and un, unappreciative. They would just, I mean, they just didn't know any better because that's how their parents were. Right. And so I look back on that and I say, thank you, God. I say it every day because I decided I would do exactly the opposite with my children. And I did. And my kids have turned out just great. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first, the first is fearlessness. In other words, they're not afraid of anything, which is characterized by the uh, feeling, I can. I can. I can do anything. I can. And that's why you see kids will, will do anything. They'll, they'll try different things. They'll run around. They'll pick up things. They'll run out in traffic. My, my joke is that for the first three to five years of a child's life, you've got to stop them from killing themselves. Because... <laughs> So true, so true. Yeah, they're little suicide machines. That is your job is to, is to, is to take care of them because they're not afraid of anything. So what parents do, the mistake they make is they think, well, I'm going to, I want to help my child to survive. So uh, I'll say, stop, stop that. Don't get away mm -hmm. from there. Put that down. What have you done? You, you, and so parents begin at an early age to criticize their children. Mm -hmm. And what happens is children absorb the message, I can't. I can't. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. The greatest negative feeling that people have is I'm not good enough mm -hmm. or I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I'm no good. And as a result, they sell themselves short. They settle. They don't set goals because they don't believe they could ever accomplish them. They don't try harder because they don't think it makes any difference. They become passive rather than becoming active mm -hmm. um, because they just don't believe it. They have they develop um, this fear of failure. And then the second characteristic is spontaneity, is it's natural for a child to be spontaneous, to, uh, to laugh, to cry, to pee, to poop, to shout, to, to throw their arms around and everything else. And parents feel, well, we've got to beat this out of the kid. So what we'll do, and what, they, what we do, and it's just standard, is the, it's called love withheld. A psychologist told me that virtually all problems in adult life come from love withheld in childhood. So parents know how to manipulate their children. What they do is they just remove approval. They just disapprove of the child. Um, they become angry with the child. They send the child to their room. And this is all an attempt to get the, to, to form the child, to coerce the child into doing what the parent wants them to do. So spontaneous, pretty soon the child develops this feeling. I, I, I have to, I have to do what my parents want. I have to, I have to, I can't say what I want. And so now, so, so they start to become sensitive. And then hypersensitive. As adults, they transfer it to their uh, friends at school. I have to do what they want. I have to go along with the crowd. I have to, you know, get along to go along or go along to get along. And then they grow up and they transfer it to their boss and their teachers. And pretty soon they're hyper obsessed with what other people think about them. Mm -hmm. And they can't do anything for fear that somebody may disapprove. Mm -hmm. And this all comes from childhood. So what do I do, take, do with my kids is I tell them, all their lives, you can do anything you put your mind to. 
There's no limits. You're an incredible person. You have more intelligence than you could ever use. And they said, really? I said, absolutely. The second thing I tell them is that uh, you, uh, you do not have to do anything that you don't want to. I've absolutely driven guilt out of my child's you know, upbringing. Mm-hmm. I've never criticized them, and I've never made them feel guilty. I say, whatever you decide to do, I back you 100%. Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, you can always change your mind. So my kids have grown up fearless and spontaneous. They're not afraid of anything, and they're just completely spontaneous. It's the most wonderful thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it's beautiful when yeah. kids can, can just be kids. They are beautiful yes. when they're confident and engaging. Yeah, I tell my kids before I put them to bed, I, both of them, my two youngest, I tell them, I love you, I believe you, and I'm proud of you. And with my daughter, wow. I tell her, you're beautiful, tell daddy why. And she responds with this kind of context that we've created where she says, because I'm smart, because I'm creative, because I'm generous, because I'm kind. And then my son, wow. the challenge I have to him, as I said, uh, you have what it takes. Uh, because I read a book by John Eldridge um, called Wild at Heart that said the one question every man tackles or tries to tackle throughout his life is, do I have what it takes? So wow. to your point, trying to drive those kind of thought processes out of your kids is it's a hard thing to do. And now my daughter looks at Barbie and says, Oh, poor Barbie. She only thinks she's beautiful on the outside. Wow. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we're running out of time. I have so much I want to ask you and I'm so sorry. I can't get to all of this. I want to be respectful of your time, but you go on in your book to talk about the power of genius. That's in every one of us. You, you talk about how we can learn to be flexible in this 21st century to contend with the rapid speed of change in technology and, and, um, and, and, and the economy. You talk about uh, creative powers, how we can learn clarity and focus and concentration. You have so many great things that all point towards becoming wealthy and learning the principles of building wealth. And so if you're listening to this, I highly recommend that you go check out uh, Brian's new book, um, Get Smart, How to Think and Act Like the Most Successful and Highest Paid People in Every Field. Brian, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way they can go about doing that? Just come to BrianTracy.com, my website. I'm happy to say it's very highly rated. And we send out free newsletters, which are actually instructional newsletters. And people say they're the best in the world. They read them from cover to cover. And they're just loaded with valuable ideas that you can use to improve the quality of your life. And there's a whole lot of other things at BrianTracy.com. This book, by the way, (laughs) I don't need to tell you. Get it from Amazon. Yeah. People say to me, oh, are you going to be offering your books at the seminar? I say, no, because nobody will buy them. They can go to Amazon and get it for 30% off. They'll sit there in the audience with their phones, and they'll just order it. They'll be waiting for them at home before they get back from the seminar. Absolutely. Say, so so you, you can get the books anywhere. They're in any bookstore. This is um, a very popular book produced by the biggest publishing house in the world, Random House. And um, they are, are wired on the book. Uh, Barnes and Noble's wired on it. Amazon's wired on it. And if you read this book, it just shows you how to really adjust your thinking so that you accomplish vastly more than you ever thought possible, just simply uh, by changing your thinking a little bit. Let me tell you a quick story before we go. It's one mm-hmm. of my, my, my favorite little stories is uh, I dreamed, I fantasized about driving a Mercedes Benz. When I, was co- when I was poor, I saw a young guy, younger than me, who was an entrepreneur, and he'd been written up in the papers for his success and so on. And he pulled up next to me um, when I was taking a course at the university. It's beautiful. 
450 SEL, Mercedes-Benz, silver gray, blue leather upholstery, four-door, beautiful. The engine, you know, the engine, an engine the size of a hay wagon. And, and, and I looked at him, and he smiled at me, and I'm driving my old worn-out Volvo. And he looks at the car, and he looked at me, and he looked at his car, and he walked away. And I said, damn, I want to get that car. And so I began to think about it, and I began to see them everywhere. And surprise, surprise, I wrote it as a goal. I thought about it. I visualized it, and I attracted it into my life. In less than two years, I bought this car. Mm. I took it home. My wife almost had a heart attack. Um, and I began to drive it around. And I, and I would drive it, and I'd step on the gas, and, and it would start to pick up speed, and it would go like a great boat down the street. It was just beautiful. Um, and one day, after about six months, I took it in to get serviced. And I came back uh, the next day, and the mechanic said, <clears throat> well, we found a problem in your carburation. And I said, really? He said, yeah, you, your carburet, you, somebody put a valve in your carburetor. They put it in backwards. And as a result, instead of getting massive gasoline spray into your uh, pistons, you are actually getting a, a, a restrained spray. So therefore, it's going to go much faster than before. So be very careful with the gas pedal. Well, I was used to getting into the car, starting it up, stepping on the gas, and it would kind of just start to move forward. So I got into the car in, the, in his service lot, and I turned on the key, and I stepped on the gas, and that car went like the road runner. It went blam, just like a, like a racing car. I couldn't believe it. I had a slam on the brakes. I went out almost into the street with tr the traffic and backed up. He said, my God, what did you do? He said, well, he just changed the valve around. So instead of having a restricted a spray of gasoline to the, uh, the, the pistons, you had a massive spray. Well, the point of that is that each person is like a Mercedes-Benz. They have all these incredible qualities and characteristics. But if you have just one valve that's put in wrong, you will think that you're doing well, but really you have the capacity to do vastly better than you're doing today. And what this book is filled with is the ways that people think, the way they change those valves in different parts of their life so that they can achieve massive results. And sometimes one new thought or idea will transform your business and your life. You look back years later and you say, if it wasn't for that one idea, I don't know where I'd be today. Mm. And I think so much of the book, too, is just a culmination of your past works all combined, put into one really potent place. And I'd like to end oh, with a, one of your quotes, actually, that you said, uh, related to this, you said, you have within you right now everything you need to deal with whatever the world can throw at you. Brian Tracy, thank you so much for joining us on Up In Your Business. Thank you, Angus. It's been a real pleasure. Have a good day. You too. I'm so thankful for Brian sharing all that he shared on the show today. Just an immense amount of generosity. His book that we spoke about, Get Smart, How to Think and Act Like the Most Successful and Highest Paid People in Every Field, that book uh, goes on the market uh, March 15th. So if you are listening to this on launch day, you're a couple days early, you can pre-order it on Amazon. If you are listening to this after March 15th, you'll find it at all of your favorite retailers available for purchase there. I highly recommend you give it a read. Mine is full of highlighting from cover to cover. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And with that, I want to uh, also encourage you to check into one of the aspects from his book is about expanding your network, that your network is your net worth. 
And as such, I know that can be an intimidating topic for people. So I've created a very um, detailed and practical look at that. I created an ebook and it's available to you for free. You can go to my website at angusnelson.com forward slash networking and you'll find that there available for your download. Again, that's my gift to you. It's just a free gift to help you move forward in life. And in addition, I'd love to uh, ask that you would go to iTunes and place a review. I know I say that all the time, but I'm ready for you to finally enter your reviews. Aren't you? <laughs> if you could just go on to iTunes and place a review, I'd truly appreciate it. In addition, if you want to join the uh, conversation uh, behind the scenes, you can go to our Facebook group. Just simply go to Facebook, and in the uh, search, you can place up in your business. That will take you to the page, and you can request entry. I'll make sure you get in there, and you can join in the conversation with other listeners just like yourself. And lastly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen, for being a part of all of this. If this has been your very first time what a great entry point. Welcome to the family. You are um, now considered one of us, one of the uppers, one of the up-in-your-businessers, one of the, I don't know what we're going to call this group, but you're one of them. And uh, I just want to take a moment to just say I, I'm just thankful for the incredible growth and trajectory of all that we've been doing. It's hard to imagine for me that just three short years ago, I was waiting tables, and just in June of 2015, I made a decision to finally act on things I'd been talking about, and that consisted of um, shooting some videos and making it public to the world, and then finally launching the podcast in September. We've come a long way, baby, and you've been here um, on the way. So I just want to say thank you for being a part of this story as well. My hope is that as I live out this journey, um, <laughs> whether I make mistakes or, or do well, um, that you too will find inspiration to do amazing things yourself. My goal is to set you free to be your most effective self. Again, my name is Angus Nelson. Thank you so much for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. May you live intentionally, love extravagantly, and lead with self-awareness. Be amazing, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not .com. <laughs>